Hi, and welcome to episode 26 of Half Court and Midrange. I'm here with Ray, and today we have a special guest with us, Mr. Robbie Colby, who is the official historian of Half Court and Midrange. Welcome, glad to be here. Thanks, Robbie. So today we've got a bunch of exciting things to talk about. Uh, we brought in Robbie because he's an expert on many subjects, uh, including football, which is an unusual topic for this podcast. Uh, and also he's an expert on Kyrie Irving. So <laughs> we're going to talk about those things today and we'll get right into it. Ray, what we got? So I actually want to start. Uh, we didn't talk through this, but I have a, an, an announcement to make and I'm glad Robbie is here. Um, to mediate this, but um, I'm demanding a trade. Okay. Are you upset? Why are you upset about? I just this think podcast. I I don't know. It just hasn't felt uh, right recently. I feel like I don't have enough of the spotlight. Okay. You know, and I feel like you know. You said you went up to. Uh, the Northeast to go to a wedding recently, but I know you were hanging out with a bunch of people involved in another podcast. Mm. So I don't know if you were, I got the sense that you were planning a move, you know, you think courts headed for this American life in 2018. <laughs> I think maybe this American life. Um, there's lots of candidates in NPR New York studios that he could have been uh, auditioning for. He was also with some of the ACC basketball degenerates mm. um, on our most degenerate behavior as well. Yeah. I say that not only because they're called that, I'm also calling them degenerates. We did. Uh, I don't um, know how to construct that. You know sentence. those, okay, so to be in all honesty, we were acting kind of degenerately at this wedding. You know those um, those quarter machines that are like Chuck E. Cheese where you're like there's a bunch of quarters on a, a shelf that's moving back and forth yeah. and you try to put more quarters in to like knock them off? <laughs> there was one of these at, it wasn't at the wedding, but it was at this sort of like resort deal and they had a game room and we made our way down to the game room like during the reception <laughs> and they had one of those tilt quarter machines. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody from the hotel staff was in this game room. Nobody <laughs> but us was in this game room and I'm not going to name names, but a member of the ACC basketball degenerates podcast, actually two members of the podcast uh, t- took turns uh, smashing into okay. the machine to try to get several quarters to fall off without putting any quarters in and may have gotten around $2 worth of quarters out of that machine. Does one of their names rhyme with Mailer Milkington? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm requesting a a trade. Um, I have four podcasts that I would accept a trade to. Okay. Hit me with them. Um, I will be, I would be happy to be Zach Lowe's permanent guest on the low post. Okay. You would I'd definitely would outshine him to replace, uh, uh, Danny LaRue on the dunked on podcast. Um, if Bill Simmons wants a guest, I'm happy to be on that. And, um, what is another one I listen to? This American life that, um, radio lab, uh, radio, that Shit would be town. stressful. All that noise. <laughs> Shit town would also be a pretty stressful, <laughs> uh, guest to be on. Let's see. Um, what do the people like? Robbie, what do you have any destinations that you could see Ray going to? 
Well, I think Ray could go. Well, I don't. I don't really listen to any basketball podcasts aside from this one, of course. So <laughs> I don't really know the territory particularly okay. well. Okay. And if the terms are right, I would. Cons- if the ACC basketball degenerates are willing to like, you know, re envision their thing and not talk about ACC basketball, then I'd be willing to accept the trade. Well, I think if they could handle your brutally honest perspective on ACC basketball, <laughs> yes, yes. they were um, willing, willing to welcome some viewpoint diversity. Yeah, which seems like clearly they're not. Clearly. Yeah, unlike this podcast, which has many good qualities, even though I'm requesting a trade demand. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know that, that you are actually free to join whatever podcast you want. That you have not signed a contract. Okay. Uh, although I hear lawyers are quite expensive to draw up contracts, so okay. you might want to look into that first before you get okay. into any of this nonsense. Okay. Should we? Are you saying we should have a contract? Yeah, we should probably hire a lawyer to make a contract. Need, I think okay. you need a manager first. Um, a general manager. A general a manager. Okay. okay. Here, so, Chauncey Billups is available. Chauncey Billups, if you're listening, uh, yeah. if you want to general manage our podcast, we would welcome that. Yeah. And if any lawyers are listening, and they would like to help us form a contract and then help negotiate a trade for me to get out of that contract, then let us know. There's probably laws like on, in Louisiana, since it was a French, uh, you know, thing at first, what is it? Was the word? What was it? A French territory colony. It was a French colony. Uh, so there's like French laws about podcasts probably that have uh, been inherited from the time it was a French colony. Mm. Um, so the fact that we were on like more than 20 episodes together, is probably some sort of common law podcast mm. partnership. Yeah. Um, even though there wasn't a uh, physical contract, um, you know, verbal contracts are binding mm. in Louisiana. Yeah. I think the Code Napoleon certainly envisions podcasts. And that was the founder's intent, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're, you're stuck with me. Okay. Unless you can hire a yeah. fancy lawyer. Yeah. I wanted, you know, I wanted to talk through this here. Uh, rather than through back channels, you know, or I didn't want to get leaked. I thought it was good that Robbie was here to mediate it. I feel like everyone was heard. Happy to help. You didn't want to leak it to the media. I didn't want to leak it to the media. I appreciate that. We're not the media, by the way. <laughs> this is definitely a back channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody wants to write about it, you know, you we're available for interviews. Sure. Right. In, in, Any time. Yeah. Unless we're busy. But anytime besides that, <laughs> uh, most of the time we're available. <laughs> Just let us know when. I don't know. I'm pretty busy, man. I'm having to cook up all these syrups. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lots, lots of Pachamama's uh, pantry syrups. Oh, and my trade request has nothing to do with Pachamama's pantry. I'm totally happy with our sponsor. Um, it's nothing to do with them. Okay, it's an entirely based on you want to you want your star to shine. On, yeah, I might be confused. You know, it might just be a phase. Gotcha. Do you think you would do so? Some some uh, listener criticism is that you uh, are pretty high volume with your comments, <laughs> but you are not so efficient with your comments, okay. especially when you take the lead on things. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and your defense has been criticized. Well. Okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll take the first two. I'm gonna I'm gonna object to the d- d- defense one. I know my volume can get a little. It's a little variable, and high. Um, particularly your plosives 
Uh, if we had some yeah. advanced stats on plosives, if anybody wants to calculate that, you could it probably like do a little like Fourier transform on the uh, sound. Like, feels like a Josh. It was like a Josh task. Oh yeah, who are those um, coffee shop guys that he talked about? <laughs> Peter. Yes. We'll we'll get into that yeah. on a later podcast yeah. if you want some really detailed um, linguistic yeah. analysis. Okay. Um, but right now we're talking trans- history and transactions. <laughs> Transitioning from that uh, bad. Uh, metaphor what was the metaphor oh it was Kyrie Irving (laughs) Kyrie Irving has requested Kyrie Irving the second best player on the second best team in the NBA has requested a trade um uh for our listeners he's on the Cleveland Cavaliers that makes him sound (laughs) a lot better than he actually is to say that he's the second best player on the second best team where would you say he is amongst the players in the league um somewhere between 12th and 20th I would say between the twentieth and the thirtieth, but I am probably relatively low. I think your, I think twelfth and twentieth would probably be more consensus. Yeah, I think if you had both given below twentieth and twelfth and twentieth as ranges, I might go with the twelfth to twentieth, but definitely not twelfth. Yeah. I don't right off the top of my head know twelve guys that I would definitely say, but I can come mm-hmm. up with like well, six four really on easy. The Warriors. You got four on the Warriors. You got Joe Harris. You got <laughs> Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, Dario Saric. <laughs> I mean, there's like four on seven sixers too. Right, so, Embiid, I mean. TJ McConnell. <laughs> if this is your only which, source which, of basketball, please note the last four of the last five names were jokes, and some of them weren't even real people. <laughs> which player on the seventy sixers would you most willingly give up in a trade for Kyrie Ray? Ooh, I like them all so much, but who don't I like that much? Jared Bayless, easily. Jared Bayless. Yes. Okay. Do you think that would be a good trade for the Cavaliers or a good trade for the Sixers? <laughs> be a pretty good trade for the Sixers. I have to think the salary cap implications would be difficult. We actually it, we actually could do it because we have enough room under the salary cap to absorb Kyrie um, into our cap space. Uh, most teams couldn't do that trade because Jared Bowles makes significantly less than Kyrie Irving. Your cap is pretty highly absorbent. Yes. Nice. Yes. We value liquidity. There you go. Um, optionality is another word that Sam Hinkie would use to describe our situation. You have a lot of options. You can opt to be really bad or opt to be (laughs) mediocre. It's great. Speaking of which, why haven't the Cavaliers called Sam Hinkie? I think that's a great question. Well, I think Dan Gilbert is notoriously, he doesn't like to pay his front office. So that could be a part of it. Um, Surely Hinky's stock is never going to be well. I suppose it was lower six months ago than it is right now. I think it's actually pretty high because yeah, at true. least the people, a lot of people are talking about. Wow, look at all these really good young players the Sixers have. They could be really good. Um, so I think I think when he comes back, he's going to go to an ideal situation with an ownership group that like will definitely invest in the front office and like will commit to some long term vision. There's also so much. It's just like a highly variable job. I mean, that's why probably Chauncey Billups didn't take it, maybe because he knows LeBron's leaving. Um, so essentially what you're saying is after Myers takes down the Spurs, Sam yes. Hinkie's going there <laughs> to work with R.C. Well, I guess he would replace R.C. I think that would be a great spot for him, um, especially if the Myers stink is off of it. Um, maybe even Hinkie has intel on that, so he would steer clear of them until it's, until it's safe. Um, Speaking of ownership groups, what's the deal with Houston? They are being sold. Uh, we talked about putting in a bid for them. Oh, right. Um, Did it go through? Uh, not yet. Um, if you want to help us buy the Houston Rockets, uh, 
uh, tweet at us and tell us how much you're willing to pay. Also, our Venmo, Venmo us some money. Yeah. And just write in the little note, do the little emojis, do the rocket ship emoji so that we know it's for the rockets. Yeah. Or, or Paul, Paul Pierce styled a rocket ship image. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't know if you can if do you that can, on Venmo. Yeah, just link us a picture of a rocket ship in Venmo. Yes, yes. So what you're saying is the rockets are not bullish on syrups. <laughs> the rocket, that is a phrase that I don't think I've ever heard before. I think that's a good phrase. <laughs> um, I think Pachamama's Pantry could be a part of an ownership group of the Houston Rockets. Do you think that they could ever would ever sponsor an NBA team? Like you know they have the jersey patches now. Mm. Do you think we could get a Pachamama's Pantry jersey patch? What would it cost to get one on the Pelicans? I don't know. At least like a hundred dollars or something. I think the jersey patches are selling for between like five and ten million dollars. I think. Oh man! When you said um. five and ten, I was excited. <laughs> then when you said million, I was less excited. <laughs> so. Those are, I think, long-term goals. I was still a little excited you didn't say billion. Yeah. <laughs> billion. <laughs> billion. Scale is a funny thing. Yes. How um, much is the NBA in general worth? Well, I guess we could say, so the Clippers sold for $2 billion, and they would be one of the higher value. People are suspecting the Rockets will sell for between $1.6 and $2.2 billion. What is, what's the league's revenue? Do you have any sense of that? That's a good question. It is So the salary cap for each team is around $100 million. And that is... So you times that by 30. Obviously, we've got uh, uh, $100 million times $30 billion. Yeah. Uh, Seems high. <laughs> wait, $30 billion? Yeah. Just find bi- out how much money they make and then multiply it by 20 and no, then you'll have the three valuation. Billion. Three billion. Three yes. billion. I can't, yeah, math. Um, so then you times that and so the about, 20. So players, about six billion. The players basically get half the revenue. Okay. So that's six billion. Okay. Um, but then I think the, the I'm guessing it's weird. The top franchises are worth like a lot. They're probably worth as much as like three or $4 billion. But then I think probably most franchises are worth like 1 billion or less. That's so, probably about right. I think it's probably in like the thirty to forty billion dollar would be like the total franchise valuation. And how much revenue was there? Um, We're guessing about six, six billion. billion. Six billion. And that's and actually pretty. That's gonna be pretty. That's actually pretty. What? Much that sounds what it like is. a good deal, right? That's a really low price to earnings. <laughs> <laughs> we should buy the NBA. We should buy the NBA. Well, we're trying to buy the Rockets. That's the first step. If anybody from business school has any like issues with our valuations here, yeah, <laughs> please give us money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's yeah? This is okay. So we got a little derailed with our dreams of riches. As often, you know, that's kind of an American thing wonders. to do to get derailed with uh, dreams of grandeur and spoils and whatnot so what were we talking about Kyrie we're talking about Kyrie so yeah so he demands a trade I think this is just it's so he is uh on the second best team playing with the best player in the league uh and he demands a trade things seemed it kind of came out of nowhere a lot of people seem to be surprised by it um and it's just a strange request because invariably he will be at a team that is worse than the one he's currently at most of the time players want to go to better teams um, but I guess he just wants the spotlight. So yeah, what what do you think about this, Robbie? 
I think it is crazy to try to get away from not only the best player in the league and not only probably one of the three best players of all time, but a player who is not perhaps as ball-dominant as even Irving. Irving rivals James in terms of ball-dominance, um, so it's not as if playing with James is cutting into his usage. And James's skills uh, would seem to be complementary. He's a, he's a good post player. He's, a, he's an excellent defender in a way that would cover <clears throat> flaws of a primarily offensive player like Irving. Um, I mean, the only way the only way it makes sense to me is if he knows for a certainty that LeBron is leaving after this season and wants to get out before before the deluge as it were. Yeah, I think that I agree with everything you said. I think the one thing that I don't quite there does seem to be some like basically he could go to Cleveland management be like, "Look, if LeBron leaves next year, like I'll stick it out this year. If LeBron leaves, you're getting me somewhere else." And so I won't like make a fuss now. How many years left does he have left on his? He contract? has two years on his deal, um, and so they would have some incentive if he if they knew he was going to leave next year anyway, or like mm-hmm. if it's next summer and they know he's going to leave the following year, to like honor a trade demand at that point. But it's you know you think you could be like okay I'm going to ride this out, see if like one of the Warriors gets hurt and we can actually win a championship, and then I'll flee for greener pastures. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's like you have to wonder if it's just like pride. Like he doesn't want to. He wants to get out before LeBron breaks up with him. You know. Yeah, that's my take. It's like, you know, you can't break up with me. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. That's what I just tried to do at the beginning of this podcast. Right. Because I thought you were gonna break up with me. Well, you didn't do a good job breaking up with me. <laughs> we're still talking, I guess. <laughs> we are still talking. <laughs> I mean, the only it's other an open lo- relationship. The only other logic would be if he feels that a rebuild is coming and he's under contract for that extra year. Maybe he's afraid of getting traded to a worse team for assets. Yeah, but he, I think next year he actually would have more leverage in picking his, because right now, like he picked, he said those four teams. Mm -hmm. He said he wanted to go to Minnesota, San Antonio, New York, or Miami. Um, Right now, a team like Phoenix could say, or um, who's another one that they're talking about? Like a team like Phoenix, they could they could say, well, we'll just bring him in. We'll try to like convince him that it's a good spot, um, and just hope it works out. Whereas like if it's a year, I think you can an organization would have a harder time convincing themselves that like within a couple months they could get him to be like in and stay. I mean, so I don't, yeah, like Paul George basically like killed the market because he was like, I'm gonna go to L.A. <laughs> It's like nobody wanted to give the Pacers anything for him. Do you think that's the new paradigm? I I think so. People, it's it's hard to say how kind of like a, how much players think about basketball. Like we, you know, like we think about basketball. But it kind of makes sense that like so a lot of people talked about how Carmelo forced his way to the Knicks and they gave up all these good players and picks to get him. And they never were able to become a good team, largely because, like, how he, you know, they gave up all his assets just to get him. So, like, it would have made sense for him to just wait, sign there as a free agent, and then have all those Wilson Chandler and all these guys to play with. Gallo. Gallo. Um, but he, so you wonder how much these guys, like Paul George, like, knows that and is like, I don't want the Lakers giving up 
Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram to get me because, like, then who am I going to play with? Timothy Mozgov? That sounds awful. No, they traded Mozgov. Yeah, but... Uh, Luol Dang. They did. Luol Dang. Um, uh, so, anyhow, you want... It, that's, it, it seems to make sense, but I don't know if that's how I think about it. Yeah. Um, Do you, I think they, the players probably think about basketball way more than I think about basketball, just volume-wise. I think so. I think they probably also think about it differently. Right. But just, yeah, my, mine wasn't about the quality of basketball thoughts, yeah. just the, the uh, percentage of basketball thoughts. Yeah. Oh, that's a metaphysical certainty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I mean, I didn't think about basketball today until just now. <laughs> and I'm sure Kyrie Irving did. So. Um, yeah, so... Next time we're going to get a guest that has thought about basketball in the day that we have them on as a guest. That's our goal. That's our goal. We're just going to go around to- and be like, excuse me, have you thought about basketball today? Do you want to be on our podcast? Yeah. Maybe we need a goal-setting session. One, by the Houston Rockets. Two have guests that think about basketball. Well, if you bought the Houston Rockets, you can make Daryl Morey a permanent guest on yes. the podcast. Yes, and he's a good podcast guest. So, I bet he thinks about basketball a lot. He probably thinks about it all the time. He and Sam Hinkie, they just think about basketball all the time. Do you think they just really like thinking about basketball? Do you think when they're not thinking about basketball, they're thinking about how much they like thinking about basketball? Ooh. Sam Hinkie does this thing where he has a he has a little watch or something that like clicks that beeps every hour or something and then he like reflects on his productivity in the last hour so maybe in that time he's thinking about how much he thought about basketball in that last hour that makes me make like him a little bit less because it kind of makes me like him a little bit less but i don't with all those things i'm like oh that's lame but then it's kind of like well maybe that would help me kind of like center myself throughout the day i think i would just be into something and then it would beep and i'd be like oh now i'm distracted from the thing that i finally like got attention on Mm. i think it would make me sad how little i thought about basketball (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should put an alarm on robbie's phone (laughs) just like a scheduled alert every hour think about basketball Basketball. (laughs) maybe we should read a. We could read Robbie's phone number on air here, and then have everybody text him all the time. Just think about basketball. I uh, I can see every hour Robbie looking at his watch, and be like, "Nope, didn't think about basketball." Just right back at it. Right back at it. <laughs> That's right. Um. So yeah. So what? What do you guys have a prediction? Is Kyrie going to get traded? I'll take it first. Uh, I think he will get traded. Yeah, I think that they're going to trade him to the Heat. That's my pick Mm. for Dragic. I think not. Um, If only because they're the only logical choices to maximize. If if this is LeBron's last season, the only logical choice is to maximize their opportunity of winning. And there's no way they get more than 60 cents on the dollar in a trade for Kyrie, at least for this year. And... I can't see – I'm trying to imagine a situation in which Dan Gilbert tanks the team to spite LeBron and then doesn't trade LeBron, and I'm having a hard time envisioning it. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I will say I will say it feels like he is going to get traded. I don't know where. I think Miami makes the most sense to me. Nice. So, like, Dragic, Winslow – Richardson or something like that. 
I feel like that makes sense. And I, I kind of like that for Cleveland. But um, And New York just feels right. Like, it just feels like this is the thing where Kyrie goes to New York. And then they stink still. I uh, just don't see how they could, like, effectively complete any sort of, like, basketball GM task right now. True. Both both of these teams are basically without... Well, I guess Cleveland officially has promoted somebody to GM, but... Uh, can you be the GM for two teams at once? Is there anything in the NBA rulebook that prevents that? Sam Hankey. Could he be the GM for two teams at once and then, like, do this sort of, like, complicated, he? like, switching back and forth? I'd like to yeah. see that. But is he behind the scenes, like, you know, maybe he is right now. Maybe that's why he doesn't have a job yet, because he actually has two GMs, but he's just acting through people. I think Adam Silver has him as a secret consultant mm-hmm. to run the Knicks. I know yeah. you can do the opposite. You can you can do two GMs for one team if your last name is Colangelo. Mm-hmm. That yeah, Colangelo, he's got his hands in a lot of a lot of pots. Colangelo. Yeah. <laughs> Contavious Caldwell Colangelo. Colangelo. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty fun game. Hinky's Hinky's Revenge. If anybody yes. hasn't checked that out, you should check that out. It's um, one of my favorite internet things. It's a pretty good it's a pretty good video game. There's a good PowerPoint convincing street thugs that um white collar work is ultimately more profitable uh yeah it's really good i like yeah i kind of liked the final colangelo boss and the shirley temp well that's kind of a spoiler i'm not gonna yeah. spoil it too yeah. much more you should just play this video game in the shirley temple of doom <laughs> um more or less okay so we got two for him getting traded one against yeah in my opinion is very informed so yeah well it's good that it's like different i think a lot of the problems ray has been having with this podcast is that he ends up agreeing with me and that's why he kind of feels like mm. the second fiddle well so here's the here's the thing though ray assumes i think i bring a perspective that's similar to a lot of nba gms in that i don't act in a way that's rational mm-hmm. or necessarily informed so i think i think it might be a very valuable perspective in understanding what's actually going to happen here. absolutely yeah and I guess that we'd be remiss if we didn't. What are your thoughts on Kyrie as a basketball player, Robbie? I have never been terribly impressed with his game, mm-hmm. but he is basically engineered to be a player that I don't particularly enjoy watching. Um, I didn't enjoy watching him when he was at Duke, and uh, I don't find the isolation game that he tends to favor terribly appealing. And he doesn't play particularly good defense so he's engineered basically he's not quite the exact player i'm designed to dislike but he's pretty close yeah he is also basically he's the player i don't particularly enjoy i will say his shot making is just incredible that's such a nebulous term well i actually feel in this case i feel like there's kind of an objective um like you're driving to the basket or you're shooting like a pull up and you have a lot of you have a lot of uh defenders like guarding you you have a low percentage shot to make it like making shots in those situations is something you can like actually sort of quantify in statistics um but also you can sort of see it he is probably the best at that yeah he can make really circus shots as they call them yeah yeah and it is just it just doesn't make any sense to watch it it makes more sense when it's a guy like LeBron who's a tank 
and like yeah there's guys defending him but they fly off him because he's who's um, the greatest athlete of them all right now yes yes um besides Joel Embiid I'm fairly um, no I'm fairly convinced LeBron is the greatest pure athlete in American history mm. what about um one of those runner guys who's like good at running you know right you know oh, like guys? um like uh michael johnson or uh like that marathon guy who won the mar you know wait the american guy uh i don't even know yeah mo farah what's that mo Farah. I think he's yeah. but he's actually he's like he became an american well he's still an american <laughs> i thought he was yeah. english no he was uh he, no, he was think... a naturalized american citizen yeah um is and maybe he's the 1500 meter record holder he's he was a or 5k oh i thought he ran marathons maybe i'm wrong maybe it was a 5k yeah um he's probably not the greatest athlete (laughs) but he was pretty good probably missing yeah what about um larry bird what i have have no opinion about larry bird (laughs) what about um what about landon donovan (laughs) definitely not i I would i would put money on lebron being a better soccer player than That's what we wanted. That's that's what yeah, we wanted right yeah, there. That's it. That's it. There's your sizzle coming, coming in hot. Hot take. <laughs> no, I, I I think if you if LeBron had been playing soccer at six years old, LeBron would be a better soccer player than Landon Donovan. Yes. My personal opinion. Um, how many could you field a team of eleven? Are there eleven players in the NBA that meet that qualification? Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, I really think that we should pick our next World Cup team from the NBA. I yes. mean, uh, all the ones that are Kyrie good. might be a better soccer player than he is a basketball mm. player. We we would have no way of knowing. Yeah, there I saw the Steve really Nash good charity <laughs> thing, and I would not. I mean, it's it's different. If you'd grown up playing the game and you have like good sort of bodily control, I think you would probably be good. But at the current state of their playing, like they were really bad. The players that I saw, but it was like Mike Dunleavy. And Elton Brand. Well, I'm not talking about Mike Dunleavy <laughs> and Elton Brand. But you can imagine, like, I think being tall is like a really bad thing for getting, making your feet be good at like kicking soccer balls. Elton Brand also doesn't have a neck, which I think is important in soccer. Yeah, you got to get some you gotta little be like to whip on your header. Snap, yeah, but it's a really good thing in terms of standing in front of the goal. It is, and not letting shots by you. The person who was really good was Steve Nash, but he couldn't be on the American team because he's mm, Canadian. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. I think we probably had, I think we probably touched on, that was a conversation about the best American athlete ever that probably touched on like not any besides LeBron James, like none of the other top 10. Oh no, not even close. (laughs) Um, What about that? You know, uh, (laughs) Wayne Gretzky. He's Canadian. Is he Canadian? I don't know. Probably. He played hockey. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst. (laughs) Nick Stauskas. He's also Canadian. (laughs) That was almost a save, but not really. You still said Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. Maybe he is American. I have no idea. No, Wayne Gretzky is definitely Canadian. Where is he from? Uh, I want to say... No, he played in Edmonton, but I want. He's probably from like the Toronto area. Yeah. Oh, okay. but that wait, is. Wait, like, it's statistically <laughs> guess like that is probably know, the least informed thing. of Canadians are from the Toronto. That's area. the least informed thing I've said on this podcast, and that's really saying something. You know that Drake is Canadian. Do 
Do you know where Drake is from in Canada? I have only a vague conception of who Drake is. <laughs> so I'm going to go with no. Do you think that um, LeBron James could be a better rapper than Drake if he had practiced Ooh. rapping from when he was six years old? Um, I'm going to go with no. Because I'm guessing Shaq spent more time practicing rapping than LeBron ever has. And Shaq, as I understand it, from people who understand these things, tell, they tell me Shaq was not very good. Yes. Yeah. Except for when it came to burning Kobe, which is like adds eight levels to your rap. Career. Oh, when it came to burning Kobe. I thought you said when he came to burning Kobe. No, when it came to burning Kobe, I, I think Shaq's rapping ability jumped exponentially. I totally thought that you were talking about a music festival called Burning Kobe that was like Burning Man, but instead of a Burning Man, it was a giant Kobe Bryant effigy, and that it was some sort of like, you know, basketball-related Burning Man. I bet if you, I bet if you approached Shaquille O'Neal and the statistically-minded basketball community, you could raise seed money for a Burning Kobe Oh, festival. man. That would be awesome. That's our. This is what I'm going to try to do, right? We should have a Burning Kobe, and we well, can get that'll Shaq be, to pay for it. That'll mm. be the half-court mid-range fan fest. Yeah, that'll be our big fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> no currency <laughs> allowed. <laughs> you can only bring stuff and burn it. That's it's going to be on an island in the Caribbean. It's going to be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just yeah. give us your money and yeah. trust us. Get on this plane. <laughs> yes. Jaw Rule is um, going to be there. <laughs> okay. Michael Phelps probably in that conversation, right? Michael Phelps. He might be the greatest American athlete. What does he get at again? Um he swims a lot he people take pictures of him while he's smoking weed sometimes he, swam he apparently in, raced a shark yeah but it was fake he he's raced real, a fake shark this is a guy who's most famous for racing a fish fake shark so yeah i mean i would say that's what he's most famous for. <laughs> um all right also probably a better rapper than lebron but we don't know that Mm. That is a really impossible thing to verify. It is. <laughs> but he's probably worse than LeBron. Yeah. Maybe. Um, all right. Well, we have three. The three of us represent fans of all of the relevant teams in the NFC East uh, and National Football League. Uh, good question. Not the one that Are we, we can... missing? So, Court's a Giants fan. Robbie's a Cowboys fan. I am an Eagles fan. So we're missing are we a fan of the the, the um, are the rate is it the Ravens the uh, the no starts with an E I think the the, uh, the e. other New York team like it was yeah well it's like surely we could check the playoffs probably from the last like couple of years to see if another NFC East team made the playoffs. Didn't they make the playoffs, actually, though? <laughs> that, that one's yeah. going to backfire on you. Oh, they did? They made it like two years ago. I have to football. Oh, gosh. Darn it. Okay. Well, we oh, have that gosh. one recorded. It was so. nice while it lasted. <laughs> Speaking of teams that did make the playoffs, though, Robbie. Yes. Yes. Ray, you can sit this part of the conversation out. Oh, that's unfortunate, Ray. Not that the Giants did anything in the playoffs. but They they provided the backdrop for Aaron Rodgers' latest Hail Mary. Mm. Until, and, of course, until he superseded it the following week against the Cowboys. So <laughs> By somehow threading the needle to freaking jared cook 
Uh, <laughs> who's officially freaking Jared? Kidd. Yeah, that's freaking his real Jared first name. Kidd. Yeah. Terrorizing fantasy owners everywhere. Jared yeah. Cook. The Packers are now cycling through tight ends who have frustrated me in one way or another. Jared Cook frustrated me for years as a fantasy tight end, and now they have Martellus Bennett, who frustrated uh, me yeah. for four years as uh, Jason Witten's backup. Martellus Bennett is on the Packers he is. now? He Man. is, and I'm sure he's going to be great. I loved him when he was on the Giants for that one year. Yeah. He really went through all the teams, huh? He just... Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a fun guy to have on your team when you don't have the greatest tight end of all time playing ahead of him. He's been on the Bears, the Patriots, the Giants, and now Chris he's on Cooley the Packers. Chris Cooley was on the... Cowboys? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> J- Jeremy Shockey was on the Cowboys. <laughs> L.J. Smith was on the Cowboys. Oh, that there, there you I go. Do, That's a deep, deep cut. cut. I do love seeing all the people with Saints Jeremy Shockey jerseys that are still like walking around town now with like Saints Jeremy Shockey jerseys. Yeah. It's just I forgot he even played for the Saints. I mean, Kid Rock is running for Senate now, so like Jeremy Shockey has got to run for some sort of public office, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel seems like, like watch. He already has an American flag tattoo, so yeah. he should be good to go with an eagle. It's an eagle turning into an American flag. That's true. Yeah, I'd vote for him. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I probably that wouldn't. Half court midrange does not officially uh, endorse Jeremy Shockey's unannounced candidacy for any political office. Yeah, we actually are apolitical in general, except yeah. we only endorse Marxism. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't officially endorse that either. <laughs> Um, but, um, so yeah, NFC East, um, what are, what are you, uh, how are you feeling about the Cowboys, Robbie? Uh, I would say I am slight, I'm trying to find where the consensus is and trying to decide if I'm slightly more optimistic or slightly more, more pessimistic than the consensus. Um, I would guess more pessimistic. That well, seems to be the-, <laughs> the consensus is actually seems to be forming that there is a pretty steep regression okay. in order. Um, so the Cowboys went 14 and two last year and made it to the divisional round of the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. And so many people think that Dak Prescott can and will only get better next season. And I sincerely hope that he does. But given that he had, by some statistical measures, the greatest rookie season in NFL history last season, it Even seems like better it, than Nick Foles' rookie season. Did Nick Foles play his rookie season? Oh, was yeah. that his second season? Yeah, that was no, the year that, he had like thirty-three so. touchdowns, like it three interceptions. Oh, I don't think that was his rookie season. I think it was. No, I think it was no. his rookie season. It was his only good season. Well, while you're looking up the last time the Redskins made the playoffs, look up <laughs> look up whether that was Nick Foles' rookie season. All right, um, I'll, I'll get the intern on it. The intern also, um, we need to pay the intern. We're a little bit behind on okay. that, so there's another call for, you know, donate the, to the... Uh, I think the definition of interns is that you don't pay the intern. Oh, um, we, we might get some we might get some bad mentions for that one. We are for paying interns officially on half court and mid range. Oh, half court and mid range pays. Okay. Uh, well, we're, well par- we're pardon my ignorance. But it's another obscure part of Louisiana law that I didn't know about. <laughs> no, this is a thing. You know, this is like a Twitter thing now. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying, right? I guess. Yeah, like people like to get upset. A lot of people on Twitter get upset about um, unpaid positions. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, people, yeah, yeah. people on Twitter are upset about a lot of things. It's hard to keep yeah, track. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyhow, Cowboys. Um, so what I would say, what I would say is this: I think that uh, I would expect at least eight wins. Um, but beyond that, I'm not entirely sure what to expect. Uh, I think 
they uh, I think that their line will be slightly worse, but I don't expect it to get much worse. Um, I have high hopes for Lael Collins. Uh, and I think their defensive secondary, so the, where, where most people have their concerns is in their defensive secondary where they lost four of their top five players. Um, according to some metrics, they lost the most snaps of any team in the NFL this offseason. And they went out and they drafted three defensive backs uh, in their in their first, maybe in their first six picks. And I think that it's entirely possible some of those guys will actually not be that much worse and maybe even slightly better than the players that they had here formerly. I mean, there's a reason that they didn't try to re-sign any of those departed players. Um, so I would say I'm hopeful. I'm hoping for. I think eight wins would not surprise me. I think ten wins would be ideal. Uh, I don't expect more than ten. I think the division got better around them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really know anything about football anymore. So I'm convinced by your Well, all argument. that time I don't spend thinking about <laughs> basketball. I spend thinking about football. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame we're not recording this a few days later because the estimable football outsiders almanac uh, came out yesterday and so yeah. i haven't had a chance to read it and shamelessly plagiarize it on this yeah. podcast yeah still working on time travel yeah i do remember last season like very very passively watching football uh, or like noticing that things were happening or people my friends talking about it i was like man the cowboys keep winning this is weird it was weird as a cowboys fan too when is tony romo gonna come in december and lose all the games you know just waiting for that and it didn't. It didn't happen. You know. He did get into their loss to the Eagles. If that makes. You oh yes, better. yes. But, uh, yeah. In a failed attempt to pump up his off-season trade value. Yeah, I think that was when I was hoping the Eagles would lose, get a higher draft pick. It probably, probably was. Yeah. Well, why well, would no? Because they traded their draft pick. Oh, because they traded it for. They traded for Wentz. Wentz. That's right. So basically, so I wasn't paying attention at all. That's yeah. probably what was happening. You just wanted the Titans to get the number four pick. Yes, that's right. No, the Eagles pulled off the shrewdest move of the entire offseason last year when they unloaded Sam Bradford. Bradford, Yes, and got that. That was a hinky move. That was that was a a true hinkyite move. Yes, Um, maybe he was GMing for two teams, just one of them was the Eagles. Yeah. Um, Did Sam Bradford do well for a second though before he got hurt? They started off winning a couple games, and and I don't think he got hurt. Oh, he just got bad. Yeah, he just didn't throw the ball very far and that was actually their really, offensive line literally disintegrated around him he was on the vikings right he was yeah that was like i watched a few giants games but that was one of them that i watched was the monday night football game versus the the vikings and the, that was a bad game to watch it was like it what was very, the giants game it was very low scoring and yeah again it was a giants game it was very not a lot happening <laughs> I think Odell Beckham Jr. scored a touchdown, and the defense didn't allow a lot of points. Once Um. again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can just say it once, and I can just keep playing. You know, I can cut that audio clip and just play it a bunch of times. (laughs) Yeah. Just trying to save you the trouble. (laughs) Thank you, Robbie. I appreciate that. So is it, I mean, is it an Eli year? Is it a time to get uh, into the playoffs, get wildly lucky? Is it a year that Throw begins balls with against 2000? <laughs> if so, it's an Eli year. Gosh, I hate Eli Manning. Oh. Well, you're going to have to wait till 2100. <laughs> you're going to have to wait till 17,776 for him to... 
Yeah. No, you know, it's it's we're not gonna have Eli to kick around that much longer. Eli's Eli's gotta be thirty five, thirty six. And he is kind of really an ideal um foil, you know? He's like easy to not like, but he's ultimately like not that threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's some guys I'm trying who's like like Tom Brady is an actual terrible human being. <laughs> Yeah, or like you don't like him and you're like, oh gosh, he's also going to beat us. You know, but Eli, even though he beats you sometimes, you never think he's going to beat I, you because he has that goofy face and he throws so many bad interceptions. If I, so is what you're saying that you don't like Tom Brady, but you respect him and you kind of like Eli, but you don't respect him. Yeah, and so you can, and but you can also like believe inside that you're going to beat him. Whereas like sometimes you're just like, we're not going to be actually what I remember the most growing up is actually like the 49ers and the Cowboys being really good. Right. And so we would play them. We actually played the 49ers in a playoff game. I don't know, around probably like 98 or something, 97 maybe. And you're just like, we have 0% shot to win this game, you know? And so they're like, you don't like them and you're mad or the Cowboys, like they would just come and beat us all the time. And so you don't like them, but then they also kick your butt every time. And so you, but with the Giants, it's like, like not only might we win, but we might like be losing by two touchdowns, and Eli just might give us the game. Yes, right. You know, it's possible. It's possible. You can't say that. Well, it's how I can say that it's only. I think that's only happened once as a Cowboys fan that Eli has personally handed us the game. He's um, but he's he's startlingly effective. Against he's the extremely Cowboys. effective against the Cowboys. He uh, that's the team that he really has it out for. He uh, is definitely better against the Cowboys than against the other two teams. He, in the he does get very emotional against the Cowboys. He lo- he gets fired up. He gets he likes to, you know the first what's that Jerry Dome in the Jerry Dome? You oh know yeah, who the quarterback was the first team to ever win a regular season oh, football yeah. game in Absolutely. the Jerry Dome. Absolutely. And yet somehow they keep scheduling the Giants as their opener on Sunday Night Football. It's like the fourth straight year it's happened. Yeah, it's somehow that game, you know, the marketing team must, you know, say that that's yeah. like the optimal sort of starting Sunday Night game. You put it, I would always put that one first because neither of them are bad yet. Oh, right. You know? It's fair. But if it's like the if it's like the Patriots and what's another team that's always good? I guess I mean, the Patriots really are really the only team that's <laughs> yeah. always good. Yeah. The Giants always are bad at the beginning of the year, though. Yeah. They start off the beginning of the year terrible. It'd be like, or like the Patriots and the Steelers. Like, put that at the end of the year. Like, they're probably going to be. Sure. Put the Eagles be. at the end of the year because, you know, they won't be playing in the Super Bowl. That's for sure. <laughs> they won't be winning a Super Even Bowl. That, that nice, cushy hey. one o'clock on <laughs> hey. New Year's Day slot. We got, we got that Super Bowl. We yeah, that, that time. Bowl. Yeah, what was it like when you watched? Wait, did you the say Eagles? you got that Super Bowl? Or you got to we got that Super to Bowl. that Super Bowl. <laughs> you rode Wilbert uh, Montgomery. Dick Vermeil wrote Wilbert Montgomery all the way there. <laughs> Wait, I'm talking about the other, the McNabb. Oh, the one. the other one. Yeah. Oh. oh, I see. Oh yeah, I see. What was it? The like? Terrell Owens one. You made uh, the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Right. That is crazy that he played that game on a broken ankle. Yeah, and it was just what was he four weeks? No, it was he. Six six weeks away six or from seven. it. It was, was pretty remarkable. Awesome. Oh my gosh. He was awesome. That guy is something else. Mm. <sighs> they couldn't pull it out though against the Patriots in the That's Super Bowl. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Who was that? That was about. That was about was that Romo. Romo. It was Romo. It was yeah. Romo. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Not Donovan. <laughs> right. Well, you know. Well, but going <laughs> into my 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 tempered Cowboys pick is that both the Eagles and the Giants can claim to have improved themselves mm. this offseason. Uh, 
and speaking of Eagles receivers, with say Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the six games that he plays will be very effective, I'm sure. And uh, well, I can't I can't say anything bad about Brandon Marshall. I love Brandon Marshall. So, oh um. man, I forgot about <laughs> Brandon Marshall. I don't think that that yeah, Brandon Marshall doesn't really factor into me thinking the Giants have a chance to be okay. I will say I look forward to Brandon. <laughs> I look forward to Brandon Marshall yelling at Eli Manning at some point during this season. I think yeah. I think I think Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham and Eli Manning will be a very interesting combination in the yeah. same locker room. I mean, easily Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham Jr. are going to yell at each other. Yes. I mean, yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. just yells at everybody. Yeah. He's a very temperamental sort of de- sort of guy. I just think their defense is really good. The Giants' defense. It's going to be great. It is very good. They're going to be awesome this year. I mean, these, these and they are got Brandon Marshall. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> these are the two teams. I will also say uh, these are the two teams that gave the Cowboys offensive line, which is just the best thing I have in my sports watching life these days. They're the two teams. The Eagles and the Giants were the two teams that really gave the Cowboys offensive line trouble last year. Um, they're both very stout up front, and so they're well poised to pose a challenge to what the Cowboys try to do offensively. So uh, I. I think we went one and three against those two teams last year, and so I I think that they could reasonably pose a problem in trying to make it back. And I don't think I think that Eagles team we were talking about a minute ago is the last NFC East team to repeat as division champions. Yeah, and they won like what five in a row or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah, they won five in a row. No, they they, just, they did in the early two thousands. Really? Wow. It was from yeah, like oh one. We just kept yeah. In those years, we just kept, and not only did man. we win, but our record in the NFC East was like, it was like twenty and four or something. We just were crushing everything. Well, to be fair, how did that feel losing all those playoff games? I distinctly remember yeah. Ryan Leaf throwing an interception to uh, Jeremiah Trotter on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, which tells you a lot about how the division went back in the early two thousands. Man, you had to watch wow, Ryan I, Leaf be a quarterback yeah. for your team. Ryan Leaf started, I think, three games for the Cowboys in. Uh, Something like two thousand one or two thousand two. Let's go through. Let's go through all. Let's go through some other they good did, quarter. So they Quincy couldn't Carter. have won. They didn't oh, win. It was it two thousand that the Giants won the division. When was that? They were the one seed and made the Super Bowl and lost. And it was two thousand. Two thousand one was the yeah. season. The Jason Seahorn Giants. Yeah, it was two thousand one. Was the Super Bowl? So it was the two thousand one. Yeah, or two thousand. I think season. it was the next. I think the four years or four years after that is when we went to the conference game, conference final game every year. And I think we won the division every year in there. Man. Well, I mean, in those years, the Cowboys started Quincy Carter, Drew Henson, Chad Hutchinson, Anthony Wright, Clint Sterner, uh, Vinny Testaverde on multiple occasions, uh, Drew Bledsoe, and there is Did another... you say Quincy Carter already? I did say Quincy Carter. Oh, man. Uh, He's the one I remember the best. Quincy Carter had a few moments, but... It was, yeah, he had a, it was not to be. He had some shine at one point. He did. He, uh, I think he took them to a wild card one year, I want to say. Yeah. I may in, be making that up. In that period of time, I think it was just Kerry Collins, Kurt Warner, and Eli Manning. Mm. That Kurt Warner year, we had it. We were going to win that year. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, is that let's... The year, is that thunder and lightning? 
let's develop let's develop us a little Eli. They were five and two. They're like, let's throw Eli in there. They ended up six and ten. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did it. Deal with it. You know. You know. They it was the right choice in retrospect to develop Eli. Future yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh man, that's a hill I will die on. <laughs> he's definitely going. No, he's, he's going. not. Yes, he's he not. He's got Easily. so many his counting stats are so high. Yeah, but I mean, so are so and he's there got are, two Super Bowls. There's there are lots of there are lots of quarterbacks whose counting stats are high and who are not going to make. Isn't the Hall Joe of Namath fame. in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's probably the best. Comp, like, yeah, no, he's way Joe Namath is way worse at quarterbacking than Eli Manning. Yeah, like, yeah. Joe Namath is actually terrible. That, like, he's in for that game. Yeah, right? when he yeah, said he was going to win. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, I, Eli Manning threw the ball at somebody's freaking helmet and won the Super Bowl <laughs> against an undefeated team. Eli Manning should not be in the Hall of Fame, but unless the football Hall of Fame voting landscape radically shifts in the next decade, unfortunately, we will probably be seeing Eli in Canton at some point. Man, that's going to be great. We're going to have a special uh, reunion podcast of the three of us when that happens. I hope Peyton gives his introduction speech and just roasts him mercilessly. <laughs> Do you think Odo Beckham Jr. is going to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, yes. <laughs> Do you think Deshaun Jackson is going to be in the Hall of Fame? No. Do you think that Kirk Cousins is going to be in the Hall of Fame? No. Donovan McNabb? No, if he were going to be in the Hall of Fame, he would already be in the Hall. Well, is there a Veterans Committee thing? Is he? He was. He's been eligible for a couple of years, right? He has been. He had that one weird season in Minnesota. He played in Washington. He played in Washington for a year before that. Didn't he go to Minnesota after that? I think so. Yeah, but that was like ten years ago, right? We're old, right? Are we old? Uh, I think he retired in something like '09. Listeners, can you email us and tell us if we're old or not? And if and it, we're not, when we become old, and how that relates to Donovan McNabb. Can everyone uh, just email us and say how old do you think that we are? <laughs> like, <laughs> just if you had to put a number on it. Like, just yeah. give, an, give a name and then the age afterwards. <laughs> and we'll be reading those responses on air. Did we get any responses from the last thing we called for? <laughs> do you remember what it was? No, but I didn't get any responses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, listener participation is key. Yeah. In any case, I think the fact that I think what we've established is that Don McNabb is certainly eligible for the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and I've never heard his name mentioned. So, you know, as someone who suffered mightily at the hands of Don McNabb, I think I may be overestimating his abilities, and Ray may be overestimating them, but clearly the Hall of Fame committee has not seriously debated his merits i will say this i think you think more of donovan mcnab than i do actually yeah i think Um, think that's exactly right and so i've always thought it was interesting that from your perspective he appeared to be a better quarterback because he was makes sense he was beating your team where i'm like oh yeah we beat the cowboys and then we lose in the playoffs and there he goes throwing the ball into the ground right five yards in front of the wide receiver that is not what you want to do donovan um you have to throw it up into the middle of a crowd, and then David Tyree catches the ball against his helmet yes. because football isn't fair. Man, I guess by the time we started watching the games together, it was like when the Giants started to get good. Yeah. Like, 
I remember that first game we watched together was like it went into overtime or something, and then Plex Cobra scored a touchdown. Yeah. That was great. I basically only had, well, we had, I guess, in terms of the Eagles Giants victories when, when since we've been watching it, that crazy comeback happened. Yeah. Um, but we didn't even watch that together. I remember watching yeah. that. And then actually, second year, you came to my house for this huge Giants comeback. Do you remember that? I think the Giants were down by at least 17 points. Was that the and one where Plexico scored? That was the one that, that went into overtime. Yeah. I think yeah. that was like the first game we watched together. Yeah. I was yeah. like ready to turn it off. And then I like, was so mad. <laughs> I um, also didn't know you that well. And I was like, like I, I was like nervous that you were like actually mad sort of. I was like, yeah. did, did, does he hate me now? I was actually mad. I just wasn't mad at you. Yeah. Although you probably did like rub it in. I was like, damn, I wish I wasn't watching with court. Yeah. I knew that you weren't actually mad at me, but I wasn't totally sure because I didn't know you that well. Yeah. I could tell that you were just frustrated by the that Eagles was being bad. Lambeth. <laughs> oh, the gosh. dorm, not the field. Yeah. It would be weird to have a regular season game between other teams there. Maybe they should do it. Yeah. Well, I think we covered the NFCs pretty well. Do you all have uh, any other? Should we just do an order? Everybody do an order of finish for the NFC East? Yeah. Okay. All three teams? Yeah. <laughs> number one, Eagles. Number two, Giants. Number three, Cowboys. Okay, Robbie, do you have an order of finish? I would say I still think I still think the Cowboys are going to win the division. Um, I think two teams from the division will make the playoffs. So I'm going to go Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. And then professional quarterback alienators in Ford. All right. What is if we which one what makes it a tie now? I'm gonna go with the Giants. Which team <laughs> didn't get a second place vote or has fewer second place votes now? I you think, said I think the, I think you have to vote for the Cowboys. Okay, so <laughs> Giants, uh, Giants, then Cowboys, then uh, I'm gonna go with the Washington professional football team, then the Eagles. <laughs> Oh, man, I wish none of us ranked the Washington team, but I still think we did. I don't think that actually they'll be better than the... If I was really picking it... Okay, there's my real thing. (laughs) I think it'll be the Giants. I don't... I mean, I don't really think the Giants are better, but I just want to pick the Giants in uh, Myers-esque sort of fan, you know, optimism here. Yeah, you got to believe. What's the point of watching sports if you don't like your home team or your favorite team or whatever? Yeah. The Spurs. <laughs> I'm going to go Giants, <laughs> Eagles, Cowboys, Washington professional football team. Yeah. Um, Should we th- talk I about... I think we did Josh Myers a disservice by not using we as much when we talked about That's our true. <laughs> That's true. I don't, I don't know if any of us... Because he subtly dropped a lot of we's when talking about the San Antonio Spurs. That's true. <laughs> it gets really confusing. <laughs> I think I might have dropped a we when I talked about the Cowboys offensive line, but that's yeah. probably as close as it got. <laughs> Dropping a wee <laughs> sounds pretty funny too. <laughs> uh, do we have anything we want to say about the Washington semi-professional team? Gosh, um, here's a question. Right, Court and I were talking about this earlier. Who's a worse owner, James Dolan or Dan Snyder? I think that if I was a fan of either, I think it would be easier for me to be a fan of a team run by James Dolan. Because he's incompetent, <laughs> but he seems like not evil. Like, 
Dan Snyder seems both like not good at owning a football team and kind of evil. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. I think Dolan is also kind of evil, but like a bumbling evil. Yeah. And Dan Snyder is sort of like a, you know, what's a word that means like a snake? Serpentine. But that would mean he's just like curvy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. He gives you some shudders. Yeah. But like, how could you have an owner? He did a freaking kazoo solo. Like, that's just the worst thing I can imagine. Like, even if you were really evil, just he did a kazoo solo. Yes. Um, what are you saying that makes him more or less evil? I just, I can't root for a kazoo solo. <laughs> okay. He's also, yeah, he, um, his band is called JD and the Straight Shot. Yeah. If you hadn't checked them out yet. Uh, oh, man. They have some nice tunes. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, it's, it's embarrassing. I, it's a pretty it's, easy, I do think I would say to Dan, I think actually the, I think a team run by well, okay. I want to say a team run by Dan Snyder would have a better shot at being like winning than a team run by James Dolan. Um, weirdly enough, though, in this last iteration with the Knicks, James Dolan did seem to empower Phil Jackson to like do what he wanted to do. He just like picked the wrong guy. So it seems like if he had picked the right guy, maybe the Knicks could have become a better team. Um, so I don't know. It just there's so much. There's so much, just it just Dan Snyder. Just everything he touches feels dirty. I don't know. It's interesting though because in the same, much like the Knicks have been sort of systematically alienating Carmelo Anthony, the Redskins seems to be systematically alienating Kirk Cousins. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I can get more behind. Like Carmelo seems less. Yeah. Kirk Cousins just seems like a. What was that thing where he went up after that one game? And he was yelling at the general manager. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I believe was, it. It was like, I guess because it, it was, he was mad that he didn't get a contract and he had a good game. And then he went up to the general manager. He's like, he, yeah, Kirk Cousins seems like a jerk too. See, I would I think that given your general views on management labor relations, he would be in favor of that. Oh, well, I, yeah, no, I think that's fair. I probably should be in Kirk you should be in Kirk but Cousins' I think corner. Part of the issue is that like it's so hard with these things because the NFL Players Association agrees to the franchise. So yeah. basically, what what's for our listeners, the Redskins, um, there's a thing in the NFL called a franchise tag, and you basically can put it on a player that's on your team whose contract has expired, and you commit to paying them the average of the top three or five salaries of that position. And so like they get a lot of money in one year, top five. Um, and then they, but they don't get to sign a long-term contract where they could make like a lot more money. Um, all that to say like, yes, I sort of think it's really a bummer, but also the players union like continually like allows the NFL to do that. So it's sort of like, why don't all of these like players get together and like advocate for the union to get rid of the friend? Obviously they have to give away something else, but like, I don't know. Man, what if they had the franchise tag in the NBA? Yeah. That just wouldn't work. It wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't. I think 
that's kind of what they're trying with this like designated player or what, what is it called like the star you know the hometown discount thing i was gonna say maybe kirk cousins should take on the chris paul role in the union and negotiate himself mm, a, yes a particular contract here yes yes um so and i think i i mean i wonder how much of the fact that kirk cousins like will yell at the general manager on the sideline has to do with the Redskins not wanting to give him $60 million guaranteed over five years or something like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. I've always found it best when I've negotiated raises to just yell at my boss in the middle of a meeting. It's worked for me just down the hall, <laughs> not even just, you know, <laughs> just like right after the meeting is over, just start yelling at your boss being like, I just had a great meeting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Give me a raise. Yes. Um, cool. Well, I think we did it, guys. We had talked about football on this half-court and mid-range. Yeah, and we Apologies to all your listeners who do not care. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of them. There's, so. kind of a, <laughs> okay. there's, kind of, there's also kind of an implied apology to all the listeners who do not care. <laughs> okay. Um, which are all the listeners, as far as I know. Um, yeah. But yes, Robbie, thank you for being on the oh, podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you, very Robbie. enjoyable. Glad to have you here in person in the recording studio. Yeah. And uh, thanks, Ray, as always. Uh, hope that you're here the next time we record, you know, or else we'll see what kind of a draft podcast draft pick that we've gotten in exchange for you. Oh, yes. Um, I bet you could pick up at least two ACC basketball degenerates in exchange for Ray. I would be really which, interested to see my podcast trade value. Which two do you think? It would probably be... I think we could... I think we could get you. I think we could get Luke straight up for you. Who would say no to that? I think maybe, <laughs> maybe we could, maybe we could get Luke, but I think we'd have to take on Guthrie. You know, I think they would say yes to that. Um, I would probably say yes to that, and then just switch over from basketball to Dota content with Luke moderating. <laughs> Luke's worst nightmare. <laughs> okay well anyway like we were saying thanks everyone for listening uh hope you have a lovely evening this has been half court and mid-range